Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Legends and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today, well, I'm back on the UFC train. As I mentioned last week, I was away for this past weekend's UFC 278 card, although I did watch it, and my goodness, I mean, I wish I could have done a Thoughts and Comments podcast. One of the greatest moments we have ever seen inside of the UFC, Leon Edwards finally having his moment an unbelievable main event. I mean, yeah, I, if I spoke about it, I'd be here for half an hour. But today, it's not about the pay-per-view. I thought with this weekend, having no UFC action, of course, France next weekend. But this weekend, we've got no UFC card. So I thought, hey, I want to do some thoughts and comments. So let's make it happen. And thankfully, well, we've got a Dana White's Contender Series card taking place right now, not even today, but right now, we are just moments away from our opening fight. So what I'm gonna do today, a little bit of a special edition, Dana White's Contender Series, thoughts and comments. Now, I haven't done very much research on these fighters. I even heard a couple of weeks ago, Dana White, he said he doesn't really watch tape on these guys. He doesn't care what they've done before. He wants to see what they're gonna do on Contender Series. So I'm gonna keep that same energy. I am gonna be chucking some money on some of these fights, so I've done a very basic look at their records, try to get a little bit of an idea of what they're all about. But other than that, I don't have any insight. I'm just here to hopefully find one or two fighters that maybe ones to watch in terms of future UFC cards. Of course, all the fighters on this card are unsigned as of right now, and they are all fighting for a prized UFC contract. So look, plenty to fight for today, and we're about to get into our opening fight. We've got a women's contest. I haven't even established which division this is in yet. Uh, so yeah, good start, but as I said, minimal research. Now, we've got Denise Gomez, or Gomez. Uh, I'll work out exactly how that's pronounced. And she's taking on Ryan Amanda. So look, it's going to be an interesting contest to kick things off. I did have a look at the record of Denise Gomez. And look, she's got a few knockouts on her resume. Whilst Amanda, look, she's the sizable underdog here. But look, don't be fooled. Underdogs win all the time, including on Contender Series. Only a couple of weeks ago, I put my money on the underdog, Chris Duncan and made a bit of sweet cash from it. So look, it's never wise to just be backing the favorites in blindly, but I've put a little bit of money here on Denise Gomez. She's on a five fight win streak with finishes in four of those five victories. And look, she's a bit of a knockout specialist. So I've gone with Gomez here, have never seen her fight. Um, hopefully she can win me some money. But more importantly, we're just gonna have a bit of a prospect watch today keeping our eyes on some of the fighters on this Contender Series card. 
Amanda's making her way out now, so what we're going to do in true thoughts and comments fashion is I'm going to watch the fight and I will report back at the end with my thoughts and comments. Let's see if one of these women can lock up their first ever UFC contract, major moment and biggest fight of both women's careers. And we can see a bit of a story. It looks like someone's in hospital. Sorry, I've got my volume down. Looks like Amanda's got a bit of a story to tell. Looks like that's her in hospital, actually. But anyway, I'm gonna get to the fight, sit down, watch it. I'll report back at the end, including whether I thought it was a contract-worthy performance. So we've got Amanda up against Gomez to open up this card. Amanda on a four-fight win streak with finishes in nine of her 11 wins, and she is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. These are all things I wish I knew before I bet against her. But let's see how this one goes. Kicking off Dana White Contender Series, we have Ryan Amanda up against Denise Gomez. Taking Gomez by knockout, but yeah, as I said, not really sure how this one's gonna go. I'll be back in a moment with my thoughts and comments. fight in the books and I must say look Gomez it was a fantastic fight I highly enjoyed the fight it was in the woman's strawweight division Gomez getting the win by decision and look there was a lot of action she kept spinning this wheel kick uh, over and over again which I thought was really interesting and in the end Gomez has done enough to get the win but the question is was it enough to get the contract? Now, in my opinion, really fun fight to watch, which could definitely help her case, but it did go to decision, which is something that may detract from her case. Uh, look, I don't know. I'm gonna be kinda harsh with my picks, and thankfully for these fighters, it's not my decision. Um, I'm not giving them contracts, for goodness sake, but I'm gonna say no to the contract. I'm gonna say fantastic win, but with that being the first fight on the card, maybe we come back and check on that at the end, but I'm gonna say no, a good win, but it didn't take my breath away. I'm here for the finishes, or at the very least, very, very strong wins, which, look, it was a great win, but I thought maybe there could have been a little bit more. I don't know if I'm being harsh, Maybe it's because I had my money on Gomez to win by knockout. So maybe I'm just being salty. But I would say no to the contract from this one. But we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully for her, she does get that contract in the end. But first fight in the books. Fantastic fight. It's a great spectacle. Neither of these women would look totally out of place inside the UFC. But I'm going to say no in terms of the contract for Denise Gomez. We'll check back at the very end of this and see who actually does get the contract. But now, let's jump into our next fight on the card. And I am very excited about this one. We have a South African prospect in Cameron Simon. who Look, he trains with Dracus Duplessis. He's South African. And I've been watching this kid from a distance, just waiting for him to get his chance, and I think I think he could be a good one here. I've stuck some money on him. $6 odds for him to win by knockout here. 
$6 odds. Unbelievable. And I think I'm going to have a little nibble here. The underdogs can definitely get it done, but he faces very tough competition in the favorite Josh Wang Kim. Wang Kim, pretty sizable favorite in this one. So maybe I'm sleeping on him, but I'm a fan of Dracus Duplessis. And if this Cameron Simon kid is anything like his counterpart in Dracus Duplessis, then I think we could have a star in our hands. He looks quite young, does Cameron. So like when he was walking out, uh, my housemate, she actually said, is this guy like 16? I was like, I, I don't know. He's a contender, so I actually haven't looked into his age. But hey, he's young. Best years clearly still in front of him. But I tell you what else is in front of him. That is Josh Wang Kim, who is looking to punch his ticket into the UFC. I've taken the South African at juicy odds, $6 to get the knockout win. And I haven't really seen anything from Josh Wang Kim. So I'm excited to see what he can present in this clash. So now we are gonna jump in to the next fight on this contender series card. We have Cameron Simon up against Josh Wang Kim. I'll check back in a moment with my thoughts and comments. of the great Bart Simpson. Cowabunga, dude. That was huge. I'm stoked. As you can probably guess, Cameron Simon picking up a massive win with a round three knockout. That, that was big. He absolutely just dropped Josh Wang Kim. And look, this was in the third round. They were one apiece. And Simon is only 21 years old. That's how old he is. So he now, if he earns a contract, which uh, if he doesn't earn a contract, I'm fucking protesting right outside the gates of the Performance Institute. That's a UFC contract right there. If ever I have seen one, my goodness, I, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. Cameron Simon just starts swinging some bombs up against the cage. Just, oh man, just destroyed Josh Wang Kim, we have ourselves another South African fighter in the UFC, and I have no doubt about that. This one taking place in the bantamweight division, as I said, for the contender series, I didn't do much research. I just thought it would be fun to do a live thoughts and comments reaction podcast. Holy shit, that's exactly why I'm watching this for. I like to keep my eyes out in terms of future bets, future podcasts for my picks. I like to have a look at contender series and just see, hey, is there anyone who maybe I need to look into a little bit more? Well, Cameron Simon, no doubt he is one of those fighters. Gets his hand raised. Good on Joshuan Kim as well. He's standing for uh, the official decision or result. Gives Simon a handshake as well. So classy in defeat for Wang Kim in what no doubt would be a really devastating moment for him. But round three knockout, Cameron Simon, no doubt in my mind, he's just punched his ticket to the UFC. And some amazing striking, like the fluidity of his motions, the way he was throwing up some high kicks, and just a different variety of offense. I think this kid's going to be special. Now, of course, 
Bantamweight, in my mind, is one of, if not the most stacked division inside of the UFC. So, look, it's going to be a tough road, but, oh man, I feel so good about this kid's prospects. Just seeing the replay now, oh, he was swinging, and then he kind of, yeah, he clipped one Kim a couple of times, and then bang, just right on the jaw, one Kim face plants into the mat. No need for any follow-up from Cameron Simon. And the young South African, well, a star has been born. I feel like we may be looking back at this performance for years to come as the start of what could be a sensational young prospect. Now, in my mind, he gets a contract. And if he does, he would now become the youngest male fighter on the UFC roster. So that cannot be understated. Seriously impressive stuff from Cameron Simon. Does he get the contract? Big fat yes from me. Won me a decent amount of money. I put 25 bucks on it, cashed out 150. So look, Cameron Simon, you have a fan in me. Just checking the Dana White reaction. Standing, we get a holy shit and a smile. Yeah, you're a badass, I think he said. Yeah, Dana White, no doubt, loving that. All the matchmakers at the table, they're acknowledging this kid could be a big deal. So Cameron Simon gets the round three knockout over Josh Wong Kim. That has to be given a contract. That is exactly what Contender Series is for. He's delivered in the largest of ways. Cameron Simon will check back at the end, but he would be very stiff to miss out on a contract. And the fact that he's only 21 is massive. Of course, he hasn't been tested properly at UFC level yet, so expect to see him, you know, be really tested once he makes that next step to the brightest lights and the biggest stage of the UFC. But the fact that he is only 21, and the way he performed just there, this kid's only going to get better with experience. He has a hell of a lot of time to make his run, to learn some lessons, and he's in great company with the likes of Dracus Duplessis. I'm very excited, as you can probably tell. Give this man a fucking contract. Eat my shorts, Dana White. Give this man a contract. Bart Simpson references coming out of fucking nowhere. But I'm excited. I am well and truly excited. Cameron Simon, thank you. Come again. Give this man his contract. Huge win. I I'm pumped now. And look, my housemate, she, she was like, whoa, because I was just sitting there, just chilling, observing the action, and then all of a sudden the fist pumps come out. I am pumped up. So Cameron Simon, he's won me a bit of money there, and I don't think that's going to be the last time. Remember the name Cameron Simon. We have a genuine prospect on our hands in the bantamweight division. Next up, we've got... Jesus Aguilar up against, show me who he's facing. Sorry, preparation not on point. Is he facing no one? Aguilar up against Ferreira. I believe it was Erison Ferreira. I'll have to double check that. Nobody fact check me. As I said, look, they're just contenders. I don't need to do all my research because we don't even know if many of these guys and girls are going to get a contract. So... Look, it takes me hours to do my preparation for usual UFC cards. This week's all about a lighter workload. So, sorry Ferreira, 
Uh, let me try to work out this name. I believe it's Erison Ferreira. Yes, that's what's coming up. Erison Ferreira. And I had a little look at his record. Looks pretty decent. Of course, he was talking in the pre-fight as well about how he's doing this to feed his family, which is always dangerous, you know, when someone is really, really desperate to provide for their family, that gives them an edge. I was talking to my Brazilian housemate as well. She was kind of explaining what he was saying a little bit deeper than just the subtitles were allowing me to understand. And so with that, I've gone, on, gone with Ferreira. I think he can get it done here. Again, not really sure who gets this one done, but Jesus Santos Aguilar, he, he's an unknown entity to me. I'm not sure exactly what he can throw up. He's on a seven fight win streak representing Mexico. Um, we've got a flyweight bout. There we go. We got a division. This is in the flyweight division, which you gotta say is really starting to pick up in terms of the landscape. Talk about Figueredo and Moreno taking place for the title. Fourth bout either in December or in Rio de Janeiro in January. So we kind of have an idea on what's happening with the flyweight division. You'd have to say Alexandre Pantoja will be up next after Moreno gets his shot. But now, way further down the ladder, we have two flyweights looking to break their way into the UFC and start announcing themselves as a potential prospect to watch. We've got Aguilar, we've got Ferreira, I'm taking Ferreira by knockout just because it's contender series. I like to back in some knockouts. Not much intel into either of these guys, but I tell you what, the best intel is actually seeing them fight. So we've got this contest at the UFC Apex about to take place. 125 pound action. Erison Ferreira, Jesus Aguilar. Let's see if either of these guys can earn a contract. I'll be back in a moment with my thoughts and comments on the fight. Hi, Karumba. Jesus Aguilar picking up the submission victory over his opponent in Ferreira. And as we see the corner clapping, Jesus Aguilar, that was a round three submission. At some points throughout the fight, he was in a bit of trouble himself, but he managed to wrap up that neck of Ferreira in the very last round. He gets his third consecutive submission victory, our first submission on this card as well. And look, it's a bit of a specialty for Aguilar. So we see some respect at the decision, bit of a fist bump, which good to see the fighters showing a bit of respect. But the shorter man, Aguilar gets the victory Massive victory for him as well. In fact, the biggest of his career. And look, if Jesus is able to secure a UFC contract, here's a stat for you. He will become the male fighter in the UFC with the shortest reach. So not exactly the most enviable thing to have, but he, if he can secure a contract, will have the shortest reach out of any male fighter in the UFC, which I found interesting. But he's a little tank of a man. What he lacks in height, he definitely makes up for in muscle. He's a strong dude, which he did display at times throughout the fight. Jesus Santos Aguilar getting the round three submission. Fist bump to Dana White. Dana White looks pretty happy. Matchmakers 
seemingly impressed. Now, do I think he's going to get the contract? Hard to say. I would Honestly, I'm in a harsh mood today. I'd probably say no. There were times throughout the fight where he was definitely losing, although it is a very impressive submission. He managed to wrap up the neck, basically just isolated Ferreira to the point where he had nowhere to go. So big submission victory, and I'm not being a hater. Hopefully for Jesus, he does get that contract. He spent his whole life working toward this moment. I'm gonna say no, like I wanna see a little bit more, which is very harsh, but Jesus Santos Aguilar, we're gonna have to see, has he done enough to earn the UFC contract? Round three submission, so he got the finish, submitted his opponent, and that is six wins by submission for Jesus, who now has a record that stands at eight and one. So it's fair to say he probably wouldn't be out of place inside the UFC, the Mexican underdog getting it done, which definitely helps his chances as well, given that he was exactly that. He was the underdog going into this contest. He found himself facing adversity at different points. And then in that third round, he wraps the neck up and gets the submission. Sixth career submission victory. And yeah, look, he's probably done enough to earn a UFC contract, but I'm just being a hater today, aren't I? So I'm, I'm thinking no. I'm thinking we really reserve those contracts for the biggest of performances, but we'll check back in at the end of this episode. Has Jesus Aguilar done enough? We shall see, but congratulations to him. A round three submission. We've got a couple of fights still to go on this card as well. I just need to run my eye over what is next. Sorry, I'm bloody all over the place today. Let's have a squiz. What is next? What weight class? Now, of course, I do know that our main event for this one is a heavyweight showdown. We have English prospect Michael Parkin, who's been involved with the likes of Paul Craig and Tom Aspinall, up against a Brazilian prospect in Eduardo Neves. But firstly, we have welterweight action to dive into. We've got Amarian Gogoladze, a Georgian fighter, which, I mean... Georgia, I swear they're not the biggest country. They produce some unreal fighters. I'm thinking Giga Chikadze. I'm thinking Mirab Dawashvili. And I'm also thinking Ilya Teporia. Tell you what, if I am ever in Georgia, I will not be running my mouth. Seems like every second bloke in that country could kick my ass. Maybe even every single bloke. Who knows? But really interested to see how this Georgian prospect goes. We have Amerian Gogoladze taking on Darius Flowers. I'm really interested to see how this one goes down. Gogoladze is the significant favorite in this one. And look, I'm going to go with the Georgian. And this might just be strictly on nationality, but the Georgian fighters have shown me plenty. This kid looks like he could be another prospect off the ranks. And as for Darius Flowers, I haven't seen him compete before. I haven't even had a look at his record, so I don't know what to expect. I'm just here to sit down and enjoy the action. So let's see what Darius Flowers can produce. I'm gonna take a Marion Gogoladze. I'm gonna take him by knockout, just jumping on the knockout train today. It is contender series after all. And we also see Sugar Sean. You wanna talk about contender series? Well, one of the greatest exports 
of DWCS, Sugar Sean O'Malley, joining the commentary team. This should be a bit of fun. Uh, Sugar Sean, he's always got plenty to say. We've also got DC Daniel Cormier, who is such great value in the commentary booth. Also, Laura Sanko, she is doing the interviews. And look, she's a gun. I cannot wait to see her get that moment where she can commentate on a proper UFC card. She deserves it. She more than deserves it. Sanko, she's bided her time. And yeah, it needs to happen. We need to see her on the commentary booth. Laura Sanko is an absolute star. But let's not look past the two stars about to compete. We have George's Amerion Gogoladze taking on Darius Flowers in the welterweight division. I'm taking the Georgian. Not much intel on either. So now it is time to sit down for our penultimate fight on this card. And I'll be back in a moment with, you guessed it, my thoughts. And of course, my comments. Pretty much as soon as it began, and that did not go the way I thought, Darius Flowers spoke about changing his C-plus attitude to an A-plus mindset, which is definitely something I could apply. I am ranging in the C-minus to D, to be quite honest. So I took a bit of inspiration from what Darius Flowers was saying. He's brought his A-plus mindset, and wow, very quick finish over the Georgian Ngogoladze, who had Marab Dvalashvili in his corner. The shoulder popped out, and look, this was not a Brian Ortega situation. This was genuinely the work of Darius Flowers, who got caught in an inverted triangle choke. He picks up Gogoladze, slams him to the mat, and within seconds, we see the Georgian tap out. His shoulder came out of place, and he's not even there for the hand to be raised, although he did give a signal to Darius Flowers, like, good job, great sportsmanship in what would be a very tough moment for him. But Darius Flowers, nicknamed Beast Mode, now we know why, seems like this guy is finally starting to put things together. A round one technical knockout, only one minute and 13 seconds into this contest. Now, it's hard to tell, like, does he get a contract? The shoulder popped out, it was an injury technical knockout. But I mean, look, that was the work of Darius Flowers. I would say yes. I'm gonna say yes, give this man a contract. Took him only over, just over a minute. We see the inverted triangle choke, where he looked like he may be in some trouble, and then he just deadlifts Gogoladze, drops him right on that shoulder, and you can see it pop out. Seriously impressive. We've seen many fighters who usually they're told not to do that because if you slam someone into the mat, a lot of times you're slamming yourself deeper into the choke, but that worked perfectly. I think you've got to give Flowers a contract. Really, really impressive work. And yeah, you can see Gogoladze looks over to his corner, grimaces, and then he taps out. And it wasn't necessarily even a submission attempt. He wasn't in a submission, he just tapped out. And we see Laura Sanko as well. She interviews Darius Flowers. He spoke about an intention to move down to 155. So of course, 
This one taking place at welterweight, Darius Flowers now having a second wind in his career, an A-plus mindset that sees him extend his winning run to four straight fights. And yeah, an interesting note. Doesn't plan, it looks like, on competing at welterweight. Seems like he's going to make that cut to go down to 155, which I'd like to see. He did look a little bit outsized by the Georgian fighter. Not that that mattered in the end. But, I mean, if he just cuts that little bit of weight, I mean, not little, it's actually quite a bit of weight, but, I mean, he's a tank already. So if this guy drops down to 155, I think he's only going to get better. So Darius Flowers announces himself. A bit of an interesting way for it to finish. Hopefully, for his sake, he gets the contract, although maybe not. Maybe the matchmakers do look at that as like an injury situation. But the way I see it, that was all Darius Flowers. Gogoladze, his shoulder was fine up until the moment he got slammed on it. So that's all Darius Flowers. They do not call this man beast mode for nothing. And I gotta say, I, that's the first I've seen of him. I believe he was fighting under the LFA banner. And they talked about how he went away after getting injured, reassessed everything, came back to rack up three straight wins. That is now four straight wins. Darius Flowers, you would have to think, has done enough to earn himself a contract. But we'll check back in on that at the end of the episode. He's a charismatic fighter. And once again, the sizable underdog getting it done. We see it happen a lot on Contender Series. And yet another underdog cashes in. Not for me, unfortunately. I went the noob bet. Got on the Georgian, which I, I'm, I still feel alright about that, even in the loss. He showed good intent. But Darius Flowers, the moment belongs to him. I think he's done enough to get that UFC contract but we'll find out on that shortly. Only one fight to go, that is our main event, and then we'll see which of these fighters have secured themselves a UFC contract. Darius Flowers pumped up, slapping the chest, a lot of let's goes, talking about his A-plus mindset. He's pumped, he is jumping around, and why wouldn't you be? That was a great finish. Darius Flowers, he's, he's still going off, I'm just, watching the screen, and yeah, he, he's very pumped up. Uh, that was kind of how I was acting after that Simon knockout when it was $6 odds. I was jumping about, let's go! Uh, so yeah, massive victory. Sean O'Malley made an interesting point. He thought if he doesn't get the contract, maybe he gets invited back for another showing on Dana White's Contender Series, but at 155 pounds, which Flowers did flag the possibility that he was going to shift down a weight class. Let's see if he gets the contract. But first, it is time for our heavyweight main event. Two big fellas, an absolute hoss fest, as we have Englishman Michael Parkin up against the Brazilian Eduardo Neves. I've gone with the Brazilian Eduardo Neves, although Michael Parkin, there are raps on him. Paul Craig had plenty of good things to say about him, as did Tom Aspinall. And you've got to think for Parkin, if he's been rubbing shoulders with these guys, his skill set should be pretty decent. I mean, Paul Craig is a great guy to work with, gives you a real good range in terms of trying to learn submission defense. 
Although, let's be honest, this one does not look like it's going to be a submission contest or a decision. Both of these fighters, they are known for their knockouts. We've got the Brazilian Eduardo Neves, who is a big unit, up against the slightly unassuming looking Mick Parkin. My namesake, I'm called Mick, he's called Mick. I've gone Eduardo Neves by knockout, so I've actually gone against my namesake here. But I'm interested. Mick Parkin, now's a pretty good time to be an English fighter, coming off this year's two London cards. And of course, Leon Edwards. I mean, that has got to add some extra spark, no doubt, to say, hey, it's the UK takeover. Mick Parkin, Eduardo Neves, coming up next in our main event. I've gone with Neves, but look, no matter what, I think we're going to see a knockout. We have two big boys, and there's nothing better than watching two big boys bang. And I hope my neighbors didn't hear that because I don't think they're going to assume I'm watching Dana White's Contender Series. But it's time. It is time for two big boys to get their bang on. We have Eduardo Neves, Mick Parkin. This is our Dana White's Contender Series main event. And then after that, we are going to check back in and see... Who has earned a UFC contract? In my opinion, I think Gomez in the women's strawweight opener, I'm going to say no in terms of the contract. Also going to say no to Jesus Aguilar. For Darius Flowers, I'm going to say yes. And for Cameron Simon, that was easily my highlight so far. Huge yes to Cameron Simon. But now let's launch into our main event. Two big fellas going at it. We've got Mick Parkin, Eduardo Neves. I will be back in just a moment with my thoughts and comments. Just like that, the main event is over. I may just lean into one more Simpsons reference. I don't know where this has come from, but... uh, If I had to sum that up for Eduardo Neves in one word, I'd probably roll with dope. He came out swinging, definitely, but he exhausted himself extremely quickly. And once Mick Parkin had him on the mat, Neves just didn't really have anything to offer. Not that I would have had much more. We see a handshake of respect. Good to see a lot of respect tonight. And Eduardo Neves' classy move raises his opponent's hand. It's not easy, you know, for these contender series, the ones on the losing side, I can't even imagine how dejected you'd feel. You pump yourself up. This is your moment. One impressive win away from entering the UFC, but it's a round one submission choke victory for the Englishman, Mick Parkin. Maybe that time with Paul Craig rubbing off on him. Of course, we saw Paul Craig in his corner as well. But that that was too easy for Mick Parkin. That is absolutely contract worthy. Mick Parkin. We see Paul Craig in the corner. Very excited about that. And Mick Parkin. Not much to that. That was a very easy victory. Both guys coming out with intent early. But Mick Parkin just a level ahead. Very unfortunate for Neves. But the night belongs to Mick Parkin. One minute and 57 seconds in, he wraps up the rear naked choke submission victory. And that's Parkin's first win against someone who actually has a winning record. 
So Parkin steps up big time, shows that he can hang quite literally with the big dogs. And now we await to see who earns a contract. I'm going to say Parkin definitely. Cameron Simon, of course, has to get a contract. And maybe Darius Flowers as well. But look, five fighters eagerly awaiting the decision from the head honcho, the big boss, Dana White. Who's he going to pick? We'll have to wait and see. He's about to make the decision. So we see Mick Parkin, massive victory in under two minutes, gets the rear naked choke submission win. We now have our five victors from this card. Who gets the contract? Well, let's find out. I'll be one moment while I wait for Dana White to actually make his decision, but five fighters are eagerly awaiting the result. Let's see who gets the UFC contract. I'll be back in a moment with my thoughts and comments. All right, now it is time for the biggest point of this Dana White Contender Series episode. Let's see who gets themselves a UFC contract. Now, we start with Denise Gomes. Apologies for saying her name wrong earlier. Denise Gomes. Now, Dana said Gomes, she came up against a very high-level opponent. It was an absolute banger of a fight, and he said that Gomes is a genuine badass. Denise Gomes gets her UFC contract. So, congratulations to her. I said maybe it was a no from my side, but I'm no hater. Congratulations, Denise Gomes. The women's strawweight division has their newest fighter. And it's a division where, look, there is definitely room for some stars to emerge. I cannot wait to see who they match make Gomes with in her official UFC debut. Congratulations, Denise Gomes. Then we had the South African bantamweight. Dana said Cameron Simon is 5-0, he's 21 years old, and he defeated a much more experienced opponent. He showed a lot of composure at such a young age, as well as fantastic technique for someone that is only 21. Cameron Simon is now the youngest male fighter on the UFC roster. Congratulations to him. That was my favorite finish, no doubt. If anyone, if there was only one contract to be handed out, well, it's gotta be Cameron Simon, but already two contracts handed out. Congratulations, Denise Gomes, and also Cameron Simon, now the youngest male fighter on the UFC roster with a very impressive finish. Cameron Simon, I'm gonna put the label on him. He is no doubt one to watch. Then we had Jesus Aguilar. Dana said that he entered this one as a massive underdog. He wasn't afraid to throw hands with someone who, on paper, was the far better striker. Aguilar, of course, holding no wins on his record by knockout. But Dana, very impressed by the fact that Jesus was game for the fight. He beat an opponent who boasted an 11-1 record. Jesus came in aggressive. He had stoppage intent the whole way through. And, well, that's right up Dana's alley. Jesus Aguilar gets himself a UFC contract. Another one where I said, maybe not, but again, congratulations to him. I'm not here to shit on people's dreams. I am stoked for him. And the Mexican gets a UFC contract 
and the flyweight division has its newest athlete. Congratulations, Jesus Aguilar. Then, Darius Flowers, another underdog on this card. And Darius said to Dana, nobody stands between me and my dream. He delivered on his word, a finish in just over a minute. Darius Beast Mode Flowers gets his UFC contract. An A-plus mindset, no doubt paying off. And it's going to be interesting. I assume that Flowers will most likely make his UFC debut down in the 155-pound weight class. And I'm intrigued to see who they match him up against. But it seems like this guy, he's taken his experience that his mixed martial arts journey has offered him. And in recent times, he's finally starting to work out exactly what moves to make and the right extras to do to become the best version of himself. Congratulations, Darius Beast Mode Flowers. He has earned a UFC contract. That is four fighters, four contracts, and you better believe Mick Parkin, who won in the main event, extends his record to 6-0. Impressive durability and power on display. Mick Parkin rounds out five UFC contracts. Five fights, five contracts. The Englishman Mick Parkin is the latest addition to the UFC heavyweight division. There we go. I'm glad I covered it. All five fights proving to be relevant because we are going to see all five of those winners pretty soon. We'll have to wait and see who they match make them against. But already we are seeing that some winners from earlier weeks of this season have already had matches announced. So we're going to have to watch this space. Five fights, five UFC contracts. Now I'm going to wrap this up, but let's just quickly go through it again. Denise Gomes getting the decision win to open the show. Fight of the night. And look, she showed plenty throughout that fight. I was being harsh when I said maybe not a UFC contract. Congratulations, Denise Gomes. We had Cameron Simon with an absolutely phenomenal knockout. The young South African immediately establishing himself as one to watch. Jesus Aguilar with the submission victory, his third consecutive win by way of submission. And Aguilar with the shortest reach in the entire UFC roster in terms of male fighters, but he definitely didn't let that deter him. Congratulations, Jesus Aguilar, on picking up the contract. Darius Beast Mode Flowers, A-plus mindset, A-plus performance. Let's see what he can do, potentially down a weight class. And of course, in the main event, Mick Parkin made it look easy, made it look far too easy, and in the end, He's got that UFC contract. Just looking in the background, you can see Paolo Costa's manager. Uh, wow, what are those jeans? I'm sorry, I can't convey in w with words like what's going on. But yeah, he's dancing in the background, trying to get on the camera. Those jeans are outrageous. I can't quite, I can't articulate because it's, it's tricky. Daniel Cormier, he's acknowledging him. And yeah, the, the jeans are silly. That's, that's a good look. I don't mind that. Paolo Costa's manager, Eric, I believe his name is. He's a bit of a G-up, a bit of a character. But let's not let the spotlight belong to him and his, his uh, flamboyant jeans. Some interesting jeans. Uh, I rate it. That was a bit of a laugh. Uh, but tonight, 
belonged to our five contenders. We have five new members of the UFC roster. So look, I will be touching base. And of course, like every UFC card, once it comes time for their fight, I'll be breaking it down on my preview and predictions podcast. Speaking of preview and predictions, well, no France card this weekend. We're gonna have to wait until next weekend. But next week, if you cannot get enough of my UFC content, I'll be dropping the UFC Paris preview and predictions a bit earlier next week because I've got an extra week to work on it. So I've already started it. I'll get it out with plenty of time for you to have a listen before the card actually starts. Be going through all my previews for the card as well as all my picks. Been pretty decent this year. Been pretty steady in terms of my picks and I'm hoping to take it to the next level. Of course, next weekend, massive main event with genuine implications for future title shots in the heavyweight division. You have the hometown hero coming off the first loss of his career in Surreal Ghan up against the Aussie from Western Australia, Thai Bam Bam Tuivasa. All it takes is one shot to knock your lights out. What a main event. Of course, co-main evented by Robert Whittaker, Marvin Vittori, as well as a host of other fantastic fights, plenty of which feature French fighters. So it's going to be one hell of a card as the UFC, for the first time ever, makes its way to Paris, France. I'm pumped. I'm excited. No more Bart Simpson references. It is time to now switch our attention to the big show, UFC Paris, and hell of a day today seeing five fighters earn their UFC contract. One of the best days of their life, if not the best day of their life, for all five of them, We've witnessed some significant moments, and who knows, one or two of these guys and girls may even be future title contenders. Let's see what happens. We're going to have to wait for the future. And of course, if you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you want to keep up with my UFC Paris coverage, the best way to do so is to support us by following us on Instagram, at Not Just a Sports Report. And of course, follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on, only if you want to. I'm not holding a gun to your head. And you will be able to see as soon as the UFC Paris preview and predictions pod drops. But that is it from me today. We have seen a lot of fantastic moments on this card and a lot of dreams have been realized. The first step for many of them on the road to becoming a UFC megastar. This has been, for the first time ever, my Dana White Contender Series thoughts and comments. I hope you enjoyed, and until next time, take care of yourselves. 